0: Welcome to Insider Marketing. I'm Mark Thomas, Head of Growth here at Powered by Search. And each week we'll be breaking down a SaaS company's marketing, giving ideas about how we would improve the strategy to get more trials, demos, and revenue using Demand Gen, SEO, and paid media. Well, hey, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Insider Marketing, where we sit down with strategists from Powered by Search and talk about opportunities for SaaS companies to grow demos and trials through SEO, PPC and gen. And today I'm joined by Jess Tozer. Jess, how's it going?
1: Good. How are you, Mark? Thanks for having me
0: very good yes i am doing really well thanks i'm doing really well now last time we spoke you and i spoke about school status it was a lot of fun and i'm looking forward to talking about adverity with you for people who are just joining in and haven't done a bunch of research about adverity here's a little bit of information about what they do where they are and what stage they're at Now before we dive into the episode, I wanted to give you some context around Adverity. Adverity is a data and analytics platform for marketing, sales and e-commerce teams. They were founded in 2015 in Vienna. Now, like the majority of companies we're going to talk about on Insider Marketing, we don't have conversion or revenue data, so we have to make some inferences. Our bet is that they're doing between $40 to $62 million ARR with a marketing team of 15 and about 248 people overall, so a little bit bigger than many of the companies we talk about. Today, we're going to share strategy ideas for Demand Gen and PPC with senior paid media strategist Jess Tozer. Let's dive in. So that was a little bit about Adverity. Jess, you work in paid media, PPC, all day, every day.
1: All day, every day.
0: <laughs> How's that for you?
1: I love it. It's like a puzzle you get to put together every day.
0: Oh, nice.
1: Take apart and put together.
0: <laughs> I'm glad you said it like that. Otherwise, it would sound like we just paid you to say <laughs> that you love PPC. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: All right. Well, this will be an interesting one because... Adverity are obviously in the marketing data business, and one of the areas that most people get a lot of data from is PPC. So Jess, how are they doing so far with PPC?
1: So from what I can see, it looks like they're doing quite well. I see that they are running on all of the major channels that we would recommend, as well as referral sites. I would give them a big thumbs up for that. It does, however, look like some of their inbound search campaigns like Google and Bing might be a little bit inefficient. You know, we're just using spy tools over here. I can't see actually under the hood of their campaigns. But there are definitely some keywords that look like they might be consuming some of their budget that aren't really high intent keywords. But overall, I would say they're doing quite well.
0: That's actually quite rare to hear that people who we end up looking at are doing quite well with PPC when we first start looking with them. I feel like that's fair. What do you think?
1: I would definitely agree with that. There are some things that we can discuss that some levers that we could pull that would certainly help refine and make their campaigns more efficient. But yeah, this is definitely one of the better ones that I've looked
0: at. Amazing. All right, well, look, let's start by talking about, so you said there's some inefficiencies. Do you want to talk through some of the kind of the ones that you're seeing that could be a big opportunity for them?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm looking at SEMrush when I'm giving this recommendation, but it looks like they're targeting in the US, for example, about 426 keywords. Based off of what I can see, I would say half to more of those are irrelevant search queries um, there's broad keyword funnel which could I mean that could be someone looking for a funnel to put oil in their car <laughs> so it, that could be consuming a lot of their budget for a lot of irrelevant clicks there are also I see Alterix, which I believe is a jacket company or I guess it's there is also a self-service analytics company named Alteryx, so that could be a conquesting campaign. I think there's a similar brand that is a jacket, so forgive me if I'm wrong on that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think they're actually also based in Colorado, Alteryx. Yeah. Jess is a native of Colorado. I so am, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Broomfield, Colorado, apparently, is where they, <laughs> those guys developed their thing.
1: Yeah, it's very close to where I am. But there are definitely some keywords in here that are a little too broad or potentially very low intent. So dialing that in would definitely help with the efficiency on those.
0: Jess, obviously there are different keyword match types still in your despite their efforts to move away from seemingly all keywords so is it always a bad idea to target broad terms
1: it's not always a bad idea it's definitely use your own discretion i've seen some broad keywords work very well but you have to have a very robust thoroughly built out negative keyword list because i mean you could put in adverity as a broad keyword, and it could come back with ladies shoes. (laughs) If for some reason, Google thought that's what you sold. So you have to be really careful about stuff like that. And you have to be really diligent about watching the search queries that come through. So you can add ones to your negative keyword list that are definitely not terms you want to show up for. I generally stick with phrase match and exact match though, because it gives Google a little less Freedom to show your ad wherever to whomever.
0: And then when we structure that stuff, how do we tend to think about structuring campaigns at Powered by Search? Are we thinking like we're doing ad groups for a specific kind of match or what do we do?
1: Uh, There are a couple different ways that we do it for use cases. For example, if it was a marketing analytics platform, we would have a marketing analytics platform. Uh, campaign. And then we would tightly theme the ad groups like marketing analytics platform, um, marketing attribution platform, small variations like that, that allow us to get better data. And then what we can do with that, and we will often do is with that is make alpha campaigns like an alpha exact match. And so we'll take the best performing keywords out of these different campaigns and we will put them into an alpha group. So let's say for marketing analytics platform, that was like our top keyword, we would do an exact match marketing analytics platform in the alpha campaign. And then we would have an alpha campaign that's phrase match. So there are multiple different ways to structure it. You just have to do what the data tells you is working. I've certainly done some very unorthodox, not best practice things because that's what the data has told me and it's paid off in dividends but your traditional PPC strategist would look at it and go, oh, my God, why did she do this? But yeah,
0: I think at the end of the day, it's what, you know, with everything in marketing or SaaS marketing anyway, user intent is really what matters. Right. So if you find out that your users are like using a totally different way to talk about an idea, then you think they should you should move towards that language, right? It's like voice of customer, but but with data backing it up the whole way, like quantitative data. What else are you seeing? Like, what are the other opportunities here for them? So you mentioned growth levers um, or levers that they can pull. Trimming and efficiency is one of them. What else have we got?
1: Definitely trimming and efficiency. They're on all the right channels. However, they might not be targeting all the right keywords. So there are some keywords that they could add. So while trimming keywords that aren't performing, they could add some other keywords that are like you said, higher intent and based off of what the data is showing them, the user is looking for. I didn't see ads on Twitter. Um, Twitter could be a really great space for them. We know a lot of marketers are always on Twitter checking things out and then doing some video. Um, Their Facebook and LinkedIn campaigns are actually quite good. Some of them, though, like for example, the case studies go to a page that has just a wall of text. It's obviously a really great case study, um, and the ad is very compelling, but you get to the page and it's just a wall of text, so some uh, CRO or conversion rate optimization for those landing pages to make them a little bit more user-friendly, because if I'm looking on mobile and I see th- just a massive wall of text when I get to a case study, chances are I'm not going to read to the end. So conversion rate optimization, adding some other social channels that marketers are on marketers who could benefit from this product.
0: Jess, when they are sending traffic with PPC, what kind of landing pages are we talking about? Are they good ones or what should they be doing?
1: That's a great question, Mark. I'm seeing a bit of both. I see some of the ads going to the homepage and we definitely would not generally recommend sending traffic to the homepage because it's not usually a high intent page. They did have some other pages that went to like a data specific landing page, pages like that really good. But then another thing that I saw were... The case studies, some of the case studies that I checked out were going to the ad themselves (laughs) was really good. But then when I went to the landing page, the landing page is just a wall of text. It doesn't follow the typical format that we would recommend in order to get encourage a user to fill out a download form. Especially on mobile, it's not going to be mobile friendly because someone's going to have to just scroll and scroll and scroll to get to that download form. You're oftentimes going to lose a lot of people before they even get to that download form. So certainly some opportunities for some conversion rate optimization on those landing pages, either switching up the pages or optimizing the existing ones.
0: We actually think a lot about landing pages for lead magnets. I've been thinking about it a very lot this last couple of days because we're currently working on a new article for the Power by Search blog about the importance of MQLs and what part they play in uh, in demand gen. And a large part of that is about uh, thinking about okay, how do you optimize thank you pages in order to help people to move down the funnel? I'm looking at Adverity's uh, lead magnet thank you page because, uh, sorry, Adverity, I filled it out. Uh, If you do tune into this, I'm Frank Sabotka from season two of The Wire and you don't need to contact me. You can delete me from your CRM. I filled this out. And firstly, I get sent to a page that just says thank you. I can download the checklist by clicking the button below. So what we would recommend with a lead magnet download thank you page is that you take that opportunity and say well look that person has seen something in this lead magnet that says okay they have a problem hopefully it's a lead magnet which is specific enough to say well like this is going to help you solve your problem and become you know solution aware or problem aware or whatever it is whatever stage of the process you're at then use the thank you page to move a prospect from, say, MQL down to maybe SQL because you're going, okay, well, look, they had that problem. Then you say, here's how our product solves that problem. Do you want to see the product and then say, here's the form to fill out if you do. And then at that point, you've gone from MQL You don't have to work them over for like a year with an email sequence because you've given them an opportunity to self-pace. And then the other thing is to think about remarketing to people who see those pages. How do you think about that, Jess?
1: I 100% agree. If you have just turned someone into an MQL, they're not taking this next step. Like you said, they're a perfect candidate to retarget because you know that person was qualified enough that they want more information. They're problem aware, like you said. And so you can tailor your messaging to those people for where they are in the funnel. So I absolutely agree with
0: that. Yeah, I think that's what we call the boomerang method, right?
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice term. Actually, what, what Adverity is doing is they're kind of doing a version of this, but what they say is rather than take a demo of the product or book a sales call or whatever you know terminology they end up using, they're actually asking MQLs to sign up to a monthly update with latest expert opinions. Now, that is unspecific and means that you end up like losing the demands that you could have fostered or nurtured. So rather than saying, hey, here's your problem with the lead magnet download, here's how to think about it, take the next step to solving that problem, which is, you know, book a sales call. You're saying, hey, do you wanna receive monthly emails from our newsletter? That is incredibly unappetizing for most people even people who love marketing analytics.
1: Yeah, it's like taking a step back up the funnel.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, just that small change would actually probably generate more pipeline for them, which, you know, even if those prospects aren't right right now, you could knock them back to MQL stage because in 12 months' time, maybe their needs have changed. And then, hey, you've got their permission to market to them anyway. Why don't you just send them the email? That's totally cool. Obviously. GDPR and CCPA and all of the other legislations from around the world apply. And by the way, Adverity are incredibly hot on data compliance. From what I can see, obviously, being a marketing data company, you got to be right. (laughs) They
1: know what they're doing with that.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Jess, do you have anything else you want to talk about for the next couple of minutes?
1: Yeah. So one other thing I didn't touch on was the potential for video. Currently, I looked at their YouTube channel. They have a few how-to setups. They have a couple videos that look like they are meant to be ads. Video, I feel like, is something that is very underutilized by advertisers, (laughs) maybe utilized plenty by bloggers and stuff like that. But I always stop when I see a punny video. And I know as marketers, we are always consuming video and if they were to have a very quick video that was just really punny like again i'm
0: repeating myself like a monday.com kind of video
1: yeah absolutely and because we're moving into this cookie-less world right now they can really press on the whole hey cookies are going away what are you going to do now you need a verity so they could even make it funny, like have someone holding a cookie and someone slaps it away or the bag of cookies and someone takes it away from them. I, I haven't obviously storyboarded the whole thing, but something funny like that, that would capture a marketer's tension because we are all very sensitive to the fact that our cookies are disappearing and we are all entering this very unusual foreign world where we are losing a lot of tracking and attribution. So... Uh, I think something like that would get them a lot of attention in a good way. It position them as like this really fun, friendly, easy to use company. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it's really interesting. Those Monday videos are like the gold standard these days. When we talk about video ads, everybody wants to talk about monday.com. And that's because they spent an abnormal amount of money on this. I think it's something like 89% of their turnover goes on to uh, YouTube ads, which is just incredible. It gives me heart palpitations thinking about it. But you mentioned their positioning, and I think uh, we have a couple of minutes here. I just want to talk about some of the positioning stuff as well. So Adverity has grown to a pretty big size based off what I assume is enterprise sales and generating demand with like, lead magnet downloads and things. So... The thing about people who sell to enterprise is that they're often not necessarily interested or it's not a priority for them to communicate clearly because weirdly, once you get to a certain size of deal, it almost goes against you if you can't clearly communicate the benefit. In a way that goes that makes an enterprise buyer go, "Hey, that's the future. I need to invest in that thing." Now, that doesn't mean that you have to say things like transient synergy and stuff like that. You know, those like all of these kind of business jargon words. Like that's what a lot of people end up doing. They create concepts and say, "Hey, we're the like we're the customer intelligence sky platform," or whatever, I don't know, whatever it is. Um, they're always really weird, and I look at them and hate them, but. Does mean that you have to clearly communicate. Now, if you can do that in a way that is also familiar to people, that's amazing. And I think that Adverity, despite the fact that they're clearly growing, I think they could grow faster if they focused a little bit on how they're positioned in their customers' minds and communicating that clearly. Let me give you an example. Their homepage title tag currently reads Get Data, Get Insights with the Right Analytics Platform. Now, I would argue that is incredibly weak copy and actually does nothing to say, hey, this is Adverity." Uh, I could say Google Analytics does exactly that, right? I could get data. I can literally get insights now. And hey, well, I don't know that it's the wrong analytics platform because there's no reason for me to know that. There's no clear buyer. There's no clear pain point, And there's no clear differentiation between that and literally any other analytics product on the market. And I think that this is actually symptomatic of their positioning in general. It's not clear to me why I would buy this product over any other product until I dive much deeper into their product marketing. Now, uh, I talk because I do all of the positioning at Powered by Search to a lot of clients about moving away from what I call feature parity and towards differentiation. Now, feature parity is what Adverity have they have all of the features. They are able to say it saves time and resources, it improves marketing performance, it demonstrates clear value. Now, the thing is that once you've said all that stuff, anyone can say the exact same thing because if you differentiate on features, that's all you have to say until somebody comes along and says, hey, we're building the exact same features. And they do that all the time, that always happens. Now, what you can do is you can differentiate in usually one of five ways. So you can do strategy. So in what way do you strategize differently than the competition? Structure would be the way that your product, your business is structured and how that affects the impact of your product for the end user. Systems would be basically, how do you actually create a better product or a service that delivers on the promise made to the customer? Shared values, a really overlooked one. What do you have in common with your customers that allows you to better understand their pain and ultimately serve them? And then style, which is these days actually pretty common. Um, How does your unique style of delivering products or solutions affect the customer experience in reaching like an aha moment? So if I was working with Adverity, here's what I'd be asking myself. What promises do Adverity's competitors make? So most people will find in SaaS, B2B SaaS, easy, fast, cheap, reliable. Now it's also improve efficiency, optimize, use AI, insights, machine learning, that kind of stuff, right? And actually Adverity already makes a lot of these promises themselves. So that kind of resonates with the lack of differentiation message. The second thing I would say is what are the common beliefs that Adverity's customers have that are so obvious that they're just immediately accepted? Now, I would guess that if I asked their customers... Many of them, and I am i might be totally off base here, but I would guess they would say things like, I don't care about the numbers, I just want to show my boss the report and say what I did about it. That kind of thing would be pretty common in enterprise sales or larger businesses. Then I would say, well, look, in which ways do we get results differently than our competitors? So how does ad differ in the way that it gets results? Which is uh, those five kind of differentiation points that I mentioned just above in the episode. And because we use that, how do we, which mistakes have we helped our customers avoid, right? So those are a bunch of questions you should ask. Now, the thing is, if you take all of that, you put it together and you basically summarize at the end of that, there's a natural progression. And I've done bunches of this with clients, so I know that it works. There's a natural progression into saying, and so we... And then you end up with your statement, which by the point that you've answered all of those questions, feels like seconds, like just rolls off the tongue usually. This is what we do differently and why we do it differently, in order to get different results for our customers. Now, if you took that statement and you looked at every piece of copy on Advertis pages. And you looked at their ad copy, you'd see that just by changing those messages so that they resonate with that positioning statement, we call it, they would see that their whole marketing engine changes because they're no longer going, okay, well, we're going to make a bland promise. They're making promises that align very specifically to customer pain points and clearly differentiated things within the market as well. So... That's positioning. I did it in less than five minutes. Uh, People have written books on it, which just goes to show, I think, that the fundamentals are pretty self-explanatory, really. Jess, before we sign off here, do you have anything that you want to say? Don't feel pressured.
1: (laughs) I think we covered most of it. I'd be really excited to see if they utilized some of these recommendations and how it impacts their performance moving forward because it looks like a great product but yeah there are these tweaks to positioning messaging uh, improving inefficiencies on the ppc that could be a game changer for them and over the next couple of years especially as we move into a cookie-less world now is the time to strike while the iron is hot
0: yeah i think it's all there for the taking for the right players in this market
1: yeah absolutely
0: (laughs) and hey hopefully that's adverity and uh Man, how cool would it be if we just came up with a bunch of ideas that helped them do it? All right, Jess, it's been fun. We'll catch you next time that you're on the show. Sounds great, Mark. Thanks for having me. Well, that's it for today. But friend, it doesn't have to end here. Because if you want to do something about your SaaS marketing, you should go to our website. We have heaps of in-depth blog posts, podcasts, and other resources about how to grow your demos, free trials, and signups with DemandGen SEO or PPC. Now, if you want us to help you with that, you can book a SaaS scale session by clicking on the work with us button in the nav bar, or you can follow me on Twitter at I am Mark Thomas, that's Mark with a C, or follow our founder, Dev Basu, that's D-E-V-B-A-S-U. I'll see you next time for another episode of Insider Marketing.